Hi, I'm Andalisi. Welcome to episode 19 of Essential Conversations. Well, the night before Halloween in 2019, I sat down in front of an audience to talk with Jack White, Alice Cooper, and former Detroit Tiger Kirk Gibson. We were at the Shinola Hotel in Detroit. This gathering was a benefit for Kirk Gibson's Parkinson's Foundation, and given that it was the night before Halloween, some people were in costume, including Kirk Gibson, who was dressed like Andy Warhol. Here's my conversation with Jack White, Alice Cooper, and Kirk Gibson. So, Kirk, before we get started, I want to remind everybody why we're here, and that is for your foundation. So can you talk a little bit about the work that the foundation has been doing? Well, many of you know, if you don't, I have Parkinson's disease. Um, I've accomplished a lot of good things over my lifespan. And at one time felt a little bit invincible, but I've been reminded there's formidable foes out there that await us all. And uh, when I found out I had Parkinson's and understood the challenge ahead and the people who have had it before me and are going to have it in the future, um, I had a, a mentor named Sparky Anderson who told me, whatever he told me this early in my career, whatever you do, remember every step along the way of your journey, and hopefully we'll win a world championship. But if, we, if, if you do or if you don't, you must give back and tell everybody what you learned and how you, how you defeat the beast that you're gonna encounter along the way. So we're trying to raise money, and uh, I promote collaboration, cooperation, and teamwork. We're better together than we are apart. It's my belief. I've been involved in team sports. And if you can do what's right for the team or right for others that are around you or even in society or around the world, it just makes you better, better person. And we, we are more economical and efficient and able to accomplish things. And uh, this money will go to help people deal with symptoms, medication. We create new therapies and also we certainly want to find a cure, and I want to thank all of you for coming tonight, and uh, Jack and Alice, everybody. It's uh, it's awesome. It's uh, I'm grateful for it, and uh, I owe you all, and I, it's my commitment to you that this money will go to, to where I said it will go, not for a vacation for us all. I promise. <laughs> thank you. If you want to find out more. Go to KirkGibsonFoundation.org and you'll be able to donate there and find out more about what the foundation does. So trying to find an intersection between the three of you had me uh, thinking a lot. So the first question I wanted to ask is what would your walk-up song be if you're walking up to the plate? So Kirk, you're the best one to start with here. Yeah, well... They didn't have them back in here, did they? No, we thought that was disallowed. We couldn't talk to the opponents or the fans or anybody back in my day, but... I hear it's changed. <laughs> um, I thought about that. Alice, I thought one of your songs was a no-brainer, No More Mr. Nice Guy, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. No, 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 Jack, Seven Nation Army gets played, but, but I'm going Blue Orchid. Ooh, nice. <laughs> Anybody know that song? Yeah. The start of it. It's a deep cut. You got, I, well, I'd really want to find out someday what it's about, but I, I like the way it starts. <laughs> you know, when I'm walking up to the plate and that you start going off, that's, maybe we can do that a little bit later. That's where I come from on that. Jack, what about you? I think Seven Nation Army is telling me what to do now, like, so I'll, I'll, I'll stick with that for sports. Anthems. Alice? I think welcome to my nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> you know. 
I mean, when I was a kid in Detroit, all I ever did was play baseball. I mean, in East Detroit, we'd get up in the morning, we'd play baseball all day. My bedroom looked like a shrine to Al Kaline. And it was just like, I mean, that was my guy forever. He was more important to me than anybody else. And, uh, you know, it was still like that. So Detroit, when you were in Detroit, Bobby Lane, Al Kaline, you know, those were the guys. So look at my nightmare for me. Yes, yeah. Those are good ones. Okay, so this one is for Alice and Jack. Did you play baseball as a kid, Alice? I, I, that's all I did. I was a left And you fielder. ran track, right? Yeah, yeah, but later on, I mean, early in my life, our, our streets were like, in East Detroit, there was a Polish street, an Italian street, uh, you know, an Irish street, and we get up in the morning and we say, who are we playing today? Well, we're playing the Irish guys. Oh, okay. And then the next day, we're, we're playing the, you know, we're playing the Italians today. Oh, great. Okay, good. And that's really what it was. You know, it, what position did you play? That's all you did. I was a left fielder. Left fielder? Nothing, Jack nothing got past me in left field. <laughs> and I could put the bat on the ball. I don't care what the pitch was. I could put the bat on the ball. <laughs> it's awesome. Jack, what about you? Did you play when you were a kid? Baseball? I did. Uh, There's a park in southwest Detroit called Clark Park, and I learned to play from a, <laughs> this guy named Morris Blackwell, who's a good, sort of a legend down in southwest Detroit, and he taught me how to play uh, ball as he taught thousands and thousands of kids, but it was very, uh, you know, everyone came up, it was free, it was disorganized, it was, there's no uniforms, and it was just beautiful, like very, very Detroit uh, experience. I loved it. Hey, Jack got to play the Polish street this year by the him about how'd you hit this year? <laughs> I hit really well. I hit really well. He's talking, he's making an inside joke, but I'll make it an outside joke. We had a, a, a part of this company called Warstick, we make bats and baseball bats, and we were playing a game, and I hadn't been on sewer, so I haven't played baseball in months, and I said, and can we, can we call uh, Gibby up and see if he knows somebody who can give me some uh, pointers on hitting again? Because I'm probably just going to walk up here and strike out. <laughs> and, you know, uh, and Gibby's like, no, I'll, I'll show you some stuff. I'm like, I didn't mean you. I was just like, if, if you know somebody. And then pretty soon, Gibby's showing me how to hit at Tiger Stadium. And we're the only people in Tiger Stadium. It's just Hey, my me. boss is here. I'm not supposed to do that. <laughs> how, cool, how cool is that, though? Pretty, pretty incredible. And I got four hits that day he because of him. <laughs> Four, four, four for Good five. Good learner. All right, so Kirk, this, song, this uh, question is for you. Did you play an instrument when you were a kid? Am I still a kid? Yeah, do you uh, play something now? You know, I had one of those little drum pads, but I broke quite a few sticks. Um, I tried to play the guitar, not very talented. But today, I was over with my son in the, in the basement trying to play the drums, so I'm going to try and master the other... I don't well, know you said your he, son's a drummer, right? Yeah. He, he drums a little bit, and he plays the guitar a little bit. And uh, I, tr I tried to, I, you know, to get the left side and the right side doing something different, right? <laughs> that was a little tricky. And uh, I think that I started to get it, so I'm going to try and master. I'm going to try and master something for the next time we're together. Wayne Kramer's here. He can give you a guitar lesson. Yes. Yeah. Wayne Kramer from the MC5 is in the house. There. So. MC5 must you? be said. Okay, so I want to talk to Jack and Alice again. And this is about throwing out the first pitch at Comerica Park. Now, Jack had a mitt. You did not. No. No mitt for you. No. no. You threw to Santa Claus, if I recall. I did. <laughs> <laughs> my mitt was my childhood mitt from Clark Park. I, was it? I still was it had really? it. So. Oh, how cool. Did you, were you wearing the, the uh, World Series ring? From I was, 1919 yeah. that day? How do you day? know about that? <laughs> I was. Can, can you talk about that? That's pretty cool that you had it. The famous, there was a World Series where they threw the World Series called the, and the, the, the White Sox were known as the Black Sox. 
in 1919 where they threw the World Series. And they didn't make uh, World Series rings back then, so they only made one for that World Series. It was for the manager of the Reds who won, won the World Series. So his, he gave it to his son, his son gave it to the milkman, milkman <laughs> gave it to his son, and I got it from that guy. Wow. So, that's a, that's <laughs> it was, a one of a kind. It was bizarre. And yeah. then we went to the uh, Baseball Hall of Fame, and they had their World Series rings there. And the oldest one they had was 1923. So, wow. It was pretty, pretty interesting. That's, that's pretty cool. Pretty Were you cool. nervous going out there to throw the first pitch? No, I wasn't as I walked out, but then when I turned around, I'm like, man, that's really far away. Wow. Yeah. Were you Doesn't on the rubber? You, yeah, I went, I went on the rubber, which probably I shouldn't have done, but I, I, did, I wanted to do it the right way. But I was also throwing to Santa Claus. <laughs> so they made me throw to Santa Claus. It was like Christmas, was Christmas in July. Christmas in July, yeah. yeah. Which was Lalo, my tour manager, dressed as Santa Claus. He was here. He can tell you the, his side of the story. Did it go into the ground, Jack? It went, uh, it was outside, yeah. But he had to reach over his Santa Claus stomach, so. <laughs> How about you, Alice? You go all the way? Oh, yeah. No, I, I told him right up front, I'm not going to go up and just kind of toss the ball. I'm gonna look like a man doing this, okay? All right, so I, I told the catcher, I went right up and I said, look, this is gonna come in 30, 40 miles an hour. So be careful, this is gonna hurt a little bit. But I put it over the left inside corner. It was a strike and I almost got a contract that night. Because the Tigers were not playing that well and they looked at that and they went, you know, that's not that bad. That was a pretty good pitch. You didn't have anything on the back of your jersey. No Cooper back there. No, no. I, I can't remember. It I, was I, a I've blank... thrown it out two or three times here. Yeah, yeah. the one Thank I saw God, that you right? did back in 2014. Yeah. Okay, this question is for you. Are you a better singer or golfer? Oh, man. You know, um, the, the two never meet, to be honest with you. I play golf in the morning. Uh, I, I had to find an addiction that wasn't going to kill me because all my other addictions were killing me. So I quit drinking 37 years ago and I started playing golf. And I realized that wasn't gonna kill me. And, uh, and so, yeah, I play every day. I play six days a week. And um, I would say you know, on days I play golf better than I sing other, you know, but the two never, Alice has never played golf. The character has never played golf. If you were to put golf clubs on the stage, he would look at them as weapons. And he'd find a way to, you know, to use them as that. But it's great to play golf in the morning and rock and roll at night, and the two never meet. It's, that, that works. Yeah. Very cool. Do you have a favorite golf moment? Oh, man, I, you know, I got to play with Groucho Marx. Oh, my God. You know, I mean, you know, I mean, that's, how good is that? You know, you think about, well, I want to play with Tiger, I'm going to play with Phil, I want to play with these guys, and I went, yeah, I played with Groucho. Is he a good golfer? Can't beat that, no. You know, he was not bad. He wasn't, he was pretty good but there's a, a golf course in LA called Hillcrest and it's all the old comedians you go into the locker room and there was like you know George Burns and all those guys they're all they're all in there and I was just sitting there going wow you know it, it, it was great Groucho was doing anything with Groucho was great it's pretty great okay so um, Kirk you're a play-by-play -play commentator do you like do do you like doing it love it you love it. So I thought it would be interesting to see if Jack White or Alice Cooper would like to do the play-by-play -play for baseball and or golf, especially in Alice's case. Would you I want would, to do it? I would love to, but they, I think I wouldn't last one game. They would just, I would just be joking around the whole time. I wouldn't be able to. <laughs> yeah. I would just love it too much to, to take, it to, you know, take it seriously in a different angle. But I, I'd do it at home when I'm by myself, so 
there might be a song there. That's, Just that, record you know, it. It's, yeah, it's, it's really true. Like when, it's an art. What those guys are doing is really you know, amazing how they, how they can keep it going. The guy that used to drive me crazy, who was the guy? He, it would be bases loaded, three and two, and he'd say, uh, now let me tell you about this story about this. And I'd go, no, 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 no. I said, no, get to the game. Some of these old guys would get lost in the old stories. You know? It's and great to watch the Tigers game when uh, Kirk is commentating because he gives you the inside stuff I never hear. Even other, uh, other teams who have uh, ex-players commentating, I, I, don't, I don't hear them give the, the inside scoop like he does all the time. Like this, he, he, you do things like, uh, I, I, this is what the batter's thinking right now at this count, and this is what this catcher's trying to signal to the pitcher. And it's sort of, I always hear a new thing every time a game. I always hear one new thing I didn't know before. Well, it's from the standpoint of a player, which is so great. Yeah, exactly. So, you have something to say, I can tell. Well, you know, I can't really be totally honest because, (laughs) you know, it's a hard game. You know, it's like music is hard, and they're given it sometimes, you know, the old John Wooden quote, you can only be the best you can be. But the mental, mental air is like when there's a ball hit down the right field line, I immediately go to the left field. I watch away from the ball because if the guy's out at the plate or he's safe at the plate, I want to know why immediately. And that's kind of, again, everybody's got somewhere to go. I know people say that baseball's slow and it's boring, but ask those managers in the World Series. It goes fast and it's a fun game. But, you know, I just want to see them put in the hard work and get rewarded. It's the ultimate, you know, for you to do it sort of, and look at for so many years, it's been since 1984 since the Tigers have done it. And then when you win it and you try and do it again, it's even harder. Do you think the ball is hotter now? I Something's mean, hotter. Yeah, because somebody's hitting a lot of home runs. Yeah, yeah well, they, they say the core is built differently and there's less drag on the ball. But, I mean, I thought I, I wasn't weak, but I, the way they hit them out now, man, something's going on. Coming up next, I put these Detroiters to the test with sports and music trivia, and Jack White weighs in about the Boston Cooler name. At a time when information continues to come at us faster and faster, sometimes you need to hit pause and rewind. NPR's Line takes you back in time to the source of the news stories filling your feed. Find NPR's through line wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Andalisi, and here's the conclusion of my conversation with Jack White, Ellis Cooper, and Kirk Gibson. So, Kirk, let's go back to 1984 and the um, one of the biggest moments of your career, hitting against... Goose Gossage. The score was five to four, and there were runners on second and third. Did you actually have a bet with Sparky Anderson, and did he pay you? Well, my first at bat in the major leagues was against Goose Gossage. He was the best. He threw 100 plus miles an hour. I got called up at the end of the year, and when the Yankees scored in the top of the ninth inning, Gossage got up. And started warming up, and there's I was one of the extra guys that could possibly pinch hit next inning. And there were four or five other guys on there. I noticed that they had to go to the bathroom because they didn't want to, you know, they're like, Whoa, I gotta go pee. 
<laughs> and I said, you know what? I kind of got it too. But, but my demeanor said, you got to go. You got you to want this guy. He's the best. So I clanked my bat in the batting rack. And Sparks says, what do you want, big boy? I said, I want him. So I got him. And it took about 20 seconds. And it was strike one, strike two, strike three. <laughs> now, he owned me over my career. Um, I was... One for 15 off him, and he struck me out 10 times. So when we got to the World Series, his manager told him to walk me. You know, what's he thinking? He's thinking, I own this guy. I'm not walking this guy. I'm going to strike him out. Little did he know that I've been writing and saying affirmations ever since, and I had a vision that I, someday I'd get this son of a bitch into an account. <laughs> so, you know, what are you going to say? I'm in the batter's box. He doesn't want to walk me. I... I can't think of why he doesn't want to walk me, so I'm going like to Sparky. Ten bucks. I'm, I'm looking up in the upper deck. I'm just affirming to what I believe is going to happen as, as opposed to thinking, oh, man, this guy usually eats me up. In second pitch, you know, I got lucky. And uh, what I remember about that were the fans and uh, the, the noise. I'm sure you guys have had moments over your career it was like a sound I've never heard before, and to see them, and then after the game, how they were on. Anybody here got some sod from Tiger Stadium? I mean, they took the whole field away. We had some in our backyard, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, I woke up in a hot tub at 6 a.m. the next day, and um, other than that, um, the parade. Hey, watch it. Straight to the parade. It was, yeah. So then, you know, we had a parade, and just the city of Detroit at that time. Everybody was happy. Everybody was together. It was a cool feeling, and that's why for us to sit here today, and I'm just, just thinking of having you all here and looking at this downtown and the Illiches and the Gilberts and uh, the people who have contributed and, 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 and Jack and Alice, you being here, it's, uh, it's a really cool thing. It gets back to the teamwork thing, and it wasn't easy. There's a lot of times you doubt yourself and you even think about quitting, but it's not an option. So. That was a great moment, and luckily I got to do it again in Los Angeles, and now I'm trying to do it again, but it's a little shakier. <laughs> Alice, did you ever hit a hole-in-one? I've had four. Where? Do you remember where? Yeah, yeah. And three double eagles. Do you remember where those were? Yeah, and one in Detroit, one in Chicago. And not, not in Detroit, one in Phoenix, one in Chicago, one in Hawaii. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. What a great That's feeling, three. But, right? But if you play as much as I do, <laughs> if you play as much as I do, the percentages say you're going to get more chances at it, right? Yeah. So I don't know what my batting average is for that. But I, you know, When's the last time you hit a hole-in-one? How long has it been? About two years ago. Oh, so it's pretty yeah, recent. Yeah. That's pretty great. Yeah. Do you have witnesses, Alice? At both? I had one that was within an inch this year at six, like 6.30 in the morning, and I was yelling over there at the guy mowing the lawn, but didn't go in. <laughs> ben Hogan, greatest irons player of all time, never had a hole-in-one. I have a friend in Phoenix that's in the Guinness Book of Records. He has 46 hole-in-ones. Scott? 46. Scott does? His name is Freeman Tario. 46 hole-in-ones, that's crazy. Okay, this is a silly question that I found online, and it was about Detroit, so I wanted to include it because people got really passionate about it, and I was kind of surprised. So this is the list. If you had to eliminate and live without one of these five Detroit foods, what would it be? So the contenders are Verner's, Coney Dogs, Bumpy Cake, 
Detroit-style pizza, better-made potato chips. What can you live without? You forgot White Castle. <laughs> we just got a White Castle in Phoenix. Oh, Biggest oh, deal in the world over there. Which one could you live without? Yeah. Mm. Bumpy wow. cake, I think you can take that off for me. No bumpy cake for you, Kirk? I like cake. <laughs> this is not an easy question. That's a hard I'm one, I'm not a yeah. cake eater. Um, I would not take any of those off the list. Good answer. He's a rebel. Alice? I could live without the potato chips, I think. Yeah? But I remember they used to come in the metal can. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I was trying... Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. That? Yeah, I remember yeah. that, yep. Uh, there, was, there was a thought in my head that just... Pos- Do you know that they call uh, Werner's with ice cream a Boston cooler? Right. Is it not time for Detroit to grab hold yes. of this and call it a Detroit cooler? Can we start that today? How dare they? I love that's Boston and everything, idea. but that's our drink. So, and people in Nashville now are calling Detroit style pizza Detroit style pizza. That's really? that's that's uh, word on that's, the street. So, I love it. Uh, that's that's good. cool. Okay, so we're getting towards the end here, and I put together some trivia questions for our friends up here. Okay, Kirk, this is a music question, multiple Uh-oh. choice for you. What was Motown Records' first million-selling song? Was it? Marvin Gaye, I heard it through the grapevine. The Marvelettes, please, Mr. Postman. Smokey and the Miracle, shop around. Or Barrett Strong, money, that's what I want. Do I have a lifeline? Yes. <laughs> Keep in mind, this is first million selling song, not first hit song. I'm going to say shop around. You're right. <laughs> Look at that. Hey, we had that too. That was we our guest. <laughs> All right, Jack, this one's for oh, you. Oh, man. Alice Cooper's debut album, Pretties for You, was released 50 years ago this year. What, what other rock band released their debut album in 1969 as well? Rodriguez, Cold Fact, Led Zeppelin, Led Zeppelin, Funkadelic, Funkadelic, or Dr. John Grigri? I want to say all of the above, but I think Led Zeppelin. Yep. I got, I've got to tell you a story about that. For the very first time we ever played the Whiskey A Go-Go, we were almost a high school band. We got into L.A., we finally got in the Whiskey. The doors were the house band. And it said, Alice Cooper and... I went, who's Led Zeppelin? <laughs> they were just, you know, they were a local band like we were. And, so and the guy walked in and I went, you were the Yardbirds, right? And he goes, yeah. I said, we open for you. <laughs> okay, Alice, this one's for you. The White Stripes released their debut self-titled album 20 years ago this year. Jack White dedicated the album to Robert Johnson, Blind Willie McTell, John Lee Hooker, or Sunhouse. Oh, boy. Well, the oldest one there would be Johnson. Uh, Eric Clapton was a Johnson guy. Let me see. I'm going to say, this is a total guess because it could be any one of those guys. I'm going to say Johnson. It was Sunhouse. Oh, Sunhouse. Okay. Well, Sunhouse. Okay. I'll change it, though. I should go back and change it. We're going to change it. <laughs> Jack White's changing a lot of things. We're changing the Boston Cooler thing. Yep, yep. going to change the dedication. Okay, Kirk, this one's for you. Detroit's Orchestra Hall has some of the best acoustics of any venue in the country. There is something special in the plaster. Is it sand, limestone, horsehair, or metal shavings? I'm going to say horse hair. You're right. <laughs> Whoa! This one is for Jack White. 
Which one of these things never happened at Tiger Stadium? It was the home of the Detroit Lions from 1938 to 1974. The last Tigers game was played on September 27, 1999. The Tiger Stadium flagpole was brought to Comerica Park. Both Tiger Stadium and the home of the Boston Red Sox Fenway Park opened on the same day in 1912, April 20th. Uh, the flagpole was never taken to Comerica Park. It's still there. Right. They took the plate, but they left and, the uh, and Tiger Stadium was open earlier in the day than Fenway on the first day, so Tiger Stadium was technically older than Fenway. Very good. Right. Okay, Alice Cooper, this is for you. What of the following statements is not true about the 17th hole at Sawgrass Course in Florida? <laughs> One. 100,000 golf balls are retrieved from the water every year. Two, the number of holes in one is 50. You've played that course. Yeah. Number four, in 1998, golfer Brad Fable hit his tee shot on the green, but a seagull swooped in, picked it up, and dropped it in the water. Which one of those things um, is not true about the 17th hole? Is not true. Okay, I remember the seagull thing. I think I remember that because that was uh, they showed it a bunch of times. I would say there's at least a hundred thousand balls in that water. Um, that's an awful lot of golf balls in the water. I'm going to say a hundred thousand balls in the water is not true. That's true. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Yeah. That's true. So it was the hole in one. You think they're juicing golf balls nowadays? By <laughs> yeah, the way? yeah, they're juicing it. Nobody hits at 350. I mean, this guy's, everybody's hitting at 350 now. So <laughs> I brought something for each of our contestants. This is a Puabic Pottery Old English D. Oh, wow. Nice. nice. So cool. I stopped on my way. One Look for Jack and one for Kurt Gibson, too. These so are the home games, right? That, uh, that thank you for playing here at the home games. Yeah, that's your home game. Thank you for playing. <laughs> And that does it um, for our conversation. Thank you so much, everyone. Thank you. So, Kirk, thank you for all you're doing um, to help Parkinson's. We appreciate you and appreciate all of your work. Jack and Alice, thank you for being here, too, oh, to do this you. tonight. Thank you. Um, three, of, three of us are going to leave the stage. One of us is going to stay up here and perform. Uh, Jack White's going to perform for us. So thank you again for being here, everyone. My thanks to Jack White, Alice Cooper, and Kirk Gibson, as well as the audience members. Proceeds from the purchase of their tickets went to support Kirk Gibson's Parkinson's Foundation. For more information on the work his foundation is doing, you can visit KirkGibsonFoundation.org. The Essential Conversation series is a production of Detroit's public radio station, WDET, and supported by ELS Studio 3D. If you enjoyed it, I hope you'll listen to other episodes in this series. Production provided by Rowan Nemisto and original music by Brett Lucas. I'm Ann DeLisi. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you.